from the Brainswell Media Studios, welcome to Ad Sales Nation with your host, Ryan Dorn. Each month, Ryan digs deep on the issues and challenges facing media salespeople like you every day. Ryan is a 28-year media veteran, an Emmy winner, a sales coach, and he still sells media every day just like you. Now, your host, your coach, your fellow media sales warrior, Ryan Dorn. What's going on, friends out there in the ad sales nation? If you sell media just like me every day, you are a citizen. So come on in. Everybody is welcome. If you're new to the business, stick around, stay close. We've got some great stuff for you. If you're an old, uh, if you're an old veteran like me, 28 years of selling and marketing in the media business, hey, I got something for you too, because we've stuck around. We have survived here in the ad sales nation. So, all right, what's coming up today? Uh, we've got six steps to perfect prospecting. I've got some new business ideas as we look to grow our sales uh, this uh, next year, all throughout uh, the year. So we're going to talk about uh, six steps to perfect uh, prospecting. Also, Charity and Shannon are going to join us. I guess Shannon. Shannon's going to join us? Okay, Shannon from January Spring is going to be here and uh, has your advertising tech tip. So look to expand your technology game. Three listener questions. Love the listener questions. Mark from Vegas has a question about texting clients. Good question. Sarah from Minneapolis, St. Paul. Ooh, cold up there this time of year. Uh, bad internal competition amongst the teammates. Uh-oh. Talk about that. Uh, David, all the way from the UK. What's going on, David? All our friends and fans over in the uh, in the UK and Europe. Uh, some time zone management questions that runs into a lot of time zone problems. So we'll talk about uh, that as well. So we've got a lot of great things coming. Hey, by the way, um, if you haven't had a chance to do this, over at 360adsales.com, I've just uploaded my level two training program. A lot of you watched my level one training, Core Sales Skills, which um, I think it's probably like 900 of you. So that was awesome. Thank you. Level two is now online, which is all digital selling. So, all right. Well, I'd be a pretty terrible uh, sales coach and uh, sales advisor if I didn't have some sponsors of my own program. So if you'd be so kind, stick around for the next 35 seconds and help me pay some bills. The Ad Sales Nation podcast with Ryan Dorn is brought to you in part by Digital Agency January Spring. If you want to offer your advertisers expanded digital services like social media management, digital display, or search engine marketing, turn to January Spring. They do all the heavy lifting and you could reap the profit. You can find out more at JanuarySpring.com. That's JanuarySpring.com. The official CRM tool of Brainswell Media and Ad Sales Nation podcast is the magazine manager and the newspaper manager. This publishing CRM offers sales, billing, production, and marketing in one integrated package. Learn more online at magazinemanager.com or newspapermanager.com. Open Look Business Solutions, offering media companies outsourcing solutions to reduce expenses in data collection, audits, sales, telemarketing, ad layout, and so much more. Find out more online at open-look.com. That's open-look.com. Now, back to the Ad Sales Nation podcast with your host, Ryan Dorn. All right, friends. Thanks for that. Thanks for allowing me to pay some bills. I've got a family to feed as well. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so we've got some great stuff uh, hey, coming up. Hey, if you're looking to expand your sales game beyond the media sales business, maybe you do some other things out there in sales land, you could check out the Sales Training World podcast. Uh, recently, we got picked up by Biz Talk Radio. So check them out over at biztalkradio.com. And um, great, great group. All kinds of really great business programs over at biztalkradio.com. Uh, dot com. So, all right, stick around. Great listener questions. 
Uh, who are the questions from? Mark, Sarah, and David uh, coming up. And of course, our friend uh, Shannon McBride from January Spring. All right. So I think that we all would agree that new business development is mission critical to our core selling skills and our core selling game. Would you agree with me on that? Now, I think you also would probably agree that it's it's really hard to get meetings with advertisers these days. And um, I'm just like you. I'm out there in sales land trying to sell uh, to the very best of my ability. And I'm struggling just like you. Now, I think I maybe have it figured out um, maybe a little bit better. So I'd love to share with you my six steps to perfect uh, prospecting. And we cover this in some pretty good detail over at 360adsales.com in our online training, but this is more of a kind of an overview, and I think you'll be able to glean a lot of good information from that. All right, six ideas for you. Number one, I'm really focusing every day on defining the perfect prospect, defining the perfect prospect. And what I mean by that is I notice that a lot of the sales reps that I'm coaching, the groups I'm working with, we tend to be a little bit random in who we put on our prospecting list. Now, I always manage my list within uh, my CRM, Magazine Manager, whatever CRM that you use. You want to be managing your prospecting really efficiently uh, inside of that CRM. I'm going to talk more about that in a brief second. But defining the perfect prospect is really about a test. Is there a test before you put someone, an advertiser, on your prospect list? So my test is, you know, have they spent... Do they advertise currently or have they spent in the past? Yes or no? If the answer is no, I mean, I don't, I don't know that I would not put them on the list, but they're probably not the top of my list. Number two, when I look online, are they doing things online? Are they digitally advertising? When I look in the competition, are they running? If I listen to radio, if I go to a trade show, do I see them? I like people that already believe in advertising. They're just a little bit easier uh, to sell. I love, I love companies that have a marketing director. I mean, usually if somebody has a marketing director, usually they, they have marketing. <laughs> Although it is it is, is always funny to me when I call on a marketing director and they say, you know, Ryan, I don't have um, any budget. And I'm like, well, what do you do all day? I mean, that's what I want to say. What do you do all day? <laughs> I don't, but I, I want to. So I like to define the perfect prospect. Come up with a list of maybe three or four qualities of the perfect prospect before you put them on your list to prospect. Don't just add people randomly. Also, be real careful that you don't have a bunch of big whales on your list. I mean, you want to have some whales, but not everybody is a whale. Whales are harder to close. So you want to make sure that you don't have everybody on your list is, is Walmart. You know, you know, all too often what I see people do is they basically load their list with nothing but massive clients. Uh, big hospitals, big banks, you know, GE. Um, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. So make sure that the list is is realistic. And then, you know, make sure you have some definitions. Don't just add people randomly. Okay, number two of six. I really want you to consider creating the perfect top 20 list or the perfect top 10 list. And the reason is because you need a number. You need a certain number of prospects. If you're going to get to goal, you need a number you're working towards every issue or every month or whatever the circumstances, depending on what media you sell out there. So let's think about this. What this means is you need to know how many prospects you need to have in order to get to goal. So the way to figure this out is by calculating your call to close ratio. It's pretty easy. If your goal for the month is $10,000 and your average deal is $1,000, then you're going to need to close 10 deals to get to 10,000. Now, unless you close 100%, 
you're probably going to need to meet with more than 10 people to get your 10 deals. So basically just double it. So again, if my goal is $10,000 and my average deal is a thousand bucks, then I'm going to need to close 10 deals because I don't close a hundred percent. Then I'm going to need to meet with probably about 20 people to close 10 deals, which means I close about 50%. Now, if your close rate is more along the lines of, say, 20%, then obviously you're going to need to meet with more people to get to your 10 deals. So you want to create the perfect, the perfect top 20 or top 10 list. Or, I mean, maybe you're just stinking it up out there. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you might need a, a big 50 list. You might need a, a hot 100, you know. It's really all about your call to close ratios. So kind of wrap your head around that. Number three of six. Number one was defining who you're going to put on your list. Number two is really creating the perfect list, knowing your number, how many you need. Number three is really creating perfect emails that are really relevant. Okay, perfect emails that are relevant. Now, I'm going to get to voicemails in a second, but email is obviously a primary way that we reach out to people, whether our boss likes it or not. So perfect emails are follow a simple three and three format. Very easy, three and three. Three words in the subject line, three sentences in the email. That's it. Three words in the subject line, three sentences in the email. That's it. Keep it simple. Keep it really relevant. Okay. The Now, when you think about emails, you've also got to recognize people want to delete you quickly. So keep it simple. Three words in the subject line, three sentences. If you can stick to that format, you're going to get, you're going to have better success. And just recognize the simple fact that most people don't want to receive your email. No one's sitting there this morning going, oh my gosh, I hope that Ryan Dorn sends me an email today. I want to buy 12 months of advertising. Not going to happen. So the perfect email, three words in the subject line, three sentences in the email max. Now, you know, those perfect emails need to be highly relevant as well. Like, hi, John, I saw on your Facebook page that you're promoting this. I've got a great way to help you. Or, hi, Margaret, I noticed on your website that you guys just launched the XYZ model. I've got a great way to help you with that. I mean, three sentences, three words in the subject line. Number four is really creating the perfect voicemail. Again, following that format of three. The format is very simple. Take a 30-second voicemail and break it into three parts. The first part is not who you are. Because if you say, hi, it's Ryan Doran calling from the Daily Herald. Beep, delete, you're gone. No one's going to listen to your voicemail. They don't want to hear from you. They just don't. Sorry, they don't want to hear from you. So break your voicemails into a three parts. The first part is something you found. The second part is a success story. And the third part is why they should call or email you back. Three parts, 30 seconds max. So this is how it would look. Hi, John. I saw on your website that you're promoting the blah, blah, blah. Second segment of your voicemail. I've got a business just like you that's working with me now. They're having great success. Or mention the business by name if you want to. Third, the reason why they should call you back. Um, hey, John, I really think this would be worth your time. I can save you a bunch of money. Love to chat with you. Or check out an email that I just sent to you. I sent it at 2.25 p.m. Explains why I'm calling. Oh, by the way, it's Ryan calling from KWQC-TV or whatever the media is you're selling. Remember, if you start with your name first, you will be deleted. I'm sorry, friends. That's just how it goes. It's not unpolite. It's not unethical. It's called being strategic. So again, the perfect email, three words in the subject line, the perfect voicemail, three parts to that voicemail. So it's pretty straightforward. 
If you're creating the perfect email, three words in the subject line, three sentences in the email. If you're creating the perfect voicemail, 30 seconds. There's that number three again. 30 seconds, three parts. Hi, John, I just saw such and such online. Second part. I've got another business just like yours. I've been working with them. They love us. Third part. Why should he call you back? I really think this is worth your time. I can save you a ton of money. Really get you some great exposure. You know, or just check out the email that I sent your way. I think that would be great uh, as well. All right. So first and foremost, defining the perfect prospect. Second, creating the perfect list based on your call to close ratios. Number three, creating the perfect emails following that three and three format. Number four, creating the perfect voicemail, three parts to that voicemail. Number five is really understanding that you want to call at the perfect time. Now, every media is different. Every territory is different. Every country is different. I have just found that the two best times to prospect are 11 p.m., and 4 p.m. That's where I have found to be the two very, very best times to prospect, 11 a.m. and 4 p.m. Because most people don't book meetings before lunch. Most people don't book meetings before they go home. So that's why I've really found that to be exceedingly helpful, 11 a.m. and 4 p.m. Now, obviously, you might have a different time uh, to call people and email people based upon your business or your category. All right, last but not least, after I found the perfect time, and that really is creating the perfect pattern. Creating the perfect pattern. What I mean by that is reaching out to people, again, on a number three format here. I really believe deeply in the power of three. So what do I mean by that? What I'm doing is I'm calling every third day. So if I reach out to somebody with a voicemail and email on Monday, I'm not going to call on Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm going to reach out on Thursday, three days later. I truly believe there's power in, in the number three. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's something that's been well-documented. I try to follow patterns that fall in the number three. So three words in my subject line, three sentences in my email. I break my voicemails down into three parts. I call every three business days. I call that being politely persistent. Um, I heard that um, from a fellow sales colleague uh, quite some time ago. It's called polite persistence, following on a pattern of three, every three days. So, you know, truly, friends, if you're looking to grow your business, you know, there's some ways to do it. And these are the six ways that I teach and that I follow. And if we were working together, these would be the ways that um, I would I would coach you through the process. So let's run through it again very briefly. Number one, define the perfect prospect. Number two, identify your call to close ratios, come up with a perfect number. Number three, create those emails following the three and three pattern. Create the perfect voicemails, breaking your voicemails into three parts. Simple, 30 seconds. Don't say your name first. Number five, the perfect times. 11 and four, for me, work the best. You might find some better times. And number six, last but not least, creating the perfect pattern. Friends, it is so important for us all to recognize that new business development is critical to our success. Dedicate an hour every day to the process, and I think what you'll find is you will take your sales life to places that you never thought possible. Okay, up next, our friend Shannon McBride from January Spring, and then we're going to get to your listener questions. We'll be right back with the Ad Sales Nation podcast. 
The Ad Sales Nation podcast with Ryan Dorn is brought to you in part by Digital Agency January Spring. If you want to offer your advertisers expanded digital services like social media management, digital display, or search engine marketing, turn to January Spring. They do all the heavy lifting and you could reap the profit. You can find out more at JanuarySpring.com. That's JanuarySpring.com. The official CRM tool of Brainswell Media and Ad Sales Nation podcast is the magazine manager and the newspaper manager. This publishing CRM offers sales, billing, production, and marketing in one integrated package. Learn more online at MagazineManager.com or NewspaperManager.com. Open Look Business Solutions, offering media companies outsourcing solutions to reduce expenses in data collection, audits, sales, telemarketing, marketing, ad layout, and so much more. Find out more online at open-look.com. That's open-look.com. Now back to the Ad Sales Nation podcast with your host, Ryan Dorn. All right, friends and fans, all of you out there in the Ad Sales Nation, one of my most favorite parts of the podcast each and every month is when we visit with the fine folks from January Spring, digital agency experts helping you uh, launch digital product services, advertising solutions, uh, for all your advertisers out there, local uh, and national. And so thrilled, my friend, Shannon McBride is here uh, with us today. And, you know, Shannon, based on the last podcast, which, by the way, was great, got lots of uh, great feedback on that, folks were asking for really some case studies. Give us some examples of, you know, geofencing and keyword retargeting and site retargeting, some examples or case studies, if you have them, of those types of programmatic buys and how it benefited advertisers. So what do you think? Can you give me some examples of those? Absolutely. So I'm going to give you some from a variety uh, sizes of market. Okay. Um, since your uh, clients are all over the country. So in a metro market, um, we are running an automotive campaign for a Ford dealership. Um, and it started out originally in the dealership family. We started with one of their tier one brands, Mercedes. They saw such great success with it that they've now expanded across all of their offerings from Mercedes to Alfa Romero to um, uh, Ferrari and Ford. And I think Ford probably has the most application. So we have currently delivered about one and a half million impressions wow. um, over a three month period for this um, advertiser. They have seen a 0.14% click-through rate, which is um, one and a half times the national average. Right. But what's more glorious than that is the only tactic that we're using on this campaign is we are geofencing competitor locations, Buick locations, other GMC locations, Honda locations, not high-end dealerships like other people that offer that price range. They've had... 475 people cross into their lot who have seen their ad on one of their competitors' lots. Wow, that's incredible. As I said last yeah. time, it's creepy fun and creepy crazy good. That's awesome. Wow. Yes, and, and this dealer is seeing um, that translate regardless of the brand. So even at the Ferrari level and at the Maserati level, he's seen it translate across all those brands. And um, he knows it's working. So we've gone from one or two campaigns to eight. So it's pretty amazing. And that's in a metro market. Um, in a smaller market, we are doing 100,000 impressions. And we're seeing um, a conversion rate on average of about 100 people a month. Wow, that's and great. And so again, and you can track which competitors those site conversions are coming from. So they saw it at the Chrysler dealership and they're coming to my dealership. They saw it at the... 
um, Toyota dealership and they're coming to my dealership. That's awesome. Now, I remember from the last podcast, I'd made a note that I think it was keyword retargeting that you were mentioning like about 100% markup is um, for the people that deploy this, um, our publishers and station owners. Is it similar to that for geofencing? Is it lower, higher? We're kind of in, in a ballpark. What's the, what are we able to mark that service up to our advertisers? Okay, so to keep it simple for our resellers, we sell the CPM at a flat rate regardless of what tactic you use. Ah. And so you, you go to market, and in almost every case they're going to market at a $10 CPM, so they've got 100% margin. And keywords are lovely because you can target your competitor's name, your products and services. I mean, these folks are on Google. They're researching online. And then, you you know, most people buy offline, that R-O-B-O. So we love a combination of keywords and um, geofencing. And we'll do that like the medical group. We'll use a combination of keywords like urgent care, hospital names. We had a an orthopedic group who specifically specialize in if you break your arm or your child breaks their arm or ankle or whatever, instead of going to urgent care, getting wrapped up and then going to have to see a specialist, you can now come directly to them for the broken bone and get fixed in that visit. Nice. And brand new offering in their first three months, they had over 411 people cross the threshold as a result of geofencing, other urgent cares, playgrounds, um, you know, areas where, People are likely to be doing, you know, yeah. high impact activities and <laughs> accidents will happen. And then, of course, keywords yeah. like you know, broken bone, urgent care. Right. How about that? Now, you had mentioned previously, I don't want to skip over it. Um, you had mentioned ROBO. So for the folks that don't know what that means, can you explain that to them? So you've heard the term research online, buy offline. So a yes. lot of us will go online and look and research cars and what prices are and you know, what is, what is a good, uh, financing rate? Who's got, you know, 0% financing on the lease. What are the safety features? But when it comes to actually making the purchase, we're walking into the dealership. We call it that last mile conversion. And with geofencing and conversion fencing, if you have a brick and mortar location, we can track that. And we've done that for a mortgage company. Yeah, that makes sense. And I, you know, for some of the folks listening to the podcast in the B2B space, um, we mentioned on previous podcasts, about geofencing at trade shows. Um, that's possible um, as well. And so people then, if you geofence either a trade show or a specific place, that way you know mm-hmm. those people are, are active buyers of those particular products. And then you can serve them advertising, uh, whether it's in the Fox News app or um, you know the weather.com app or whatever it is, uh, over the course of the next, uh, what is it, is it, 30 days? If we get a device ID, can we retarget them for 30 days or what's the amount of time? So you can set it for less than 30 days. Our default is 30 days. We figure if they don't reenter the geofence, they don't do keyword uh, search, or they don't visit your website, they've they've kind of opted out of that buying cycle. So mm-hmm. we drop them. But if they reenter, that 30 day clock starts over. That's fantastic. You know, I just I love all this. I hope everybody's catching on to what we're trying to do here. Um, this podcast is all about all of you, and we've got to be able to have better. Um, conversations with these advertisers, Shannon, if we're going out and selling traditional media in traditional ways, we're going to get traditional results. We've got to get out there and start talking about what's new, exciting, and different because if we don't do it, somebody else will. And Shannon, you and I both know a lot of people out there are pitching these type of products. So folks better get on board. Don't you think? Absolutely. And they've got the relationship 
we can give them the expertise to execute at a level unbelievable to their competitors. Now, nah, that's awesome. Well, I just really want to, to thank you, uh, Shannon, for uh, your support and being on the show. Um, be sure to uh, tell Charity uh, thank you as well. And uh, friends and fans out there, love for you to, to take a couple minutes and go over to JanuarySpring.com uh, since the very beginning. Um, these two fine ladies have been a supporter of all of you by supporting uh, this podcast. So, Shannon, thanks so much uh, for all the information. And um, the reason I named my my company Brainswell Media is because I feel like there's so much out here. My head is about to explode. And so one of the reasons I love this podcast is we get to dissect all this stuff and um, and have a really good time. So thanks so much, Shannon. We sure appreciate uh, your expertise. Well, thank you, Ryan, and love being a part of the podcast. Yeah, of course. Our pleasure. As always, we'll see you next month. All right, friends. Um, this is one of my favorite parts of the show. As you know, I just absolutely love uh, hearing from all of you out there, friends, fans, etc. And we got three great questions coming up from uh, Mark in Vegas, Sarah in Minneapolis, St. Paul, and David, all the way across the big pond over there uh, in the UK. So if you've got questions, feel free to send them through ryan at ryandorn.com, ryan at ryandorn.com. And of course, we use your question uh, on the show, then we'll send you an Ad Sales Nation t-shirt that you can wear uh, loud and proud. So Ryan at ryandorn.com is where you send your questions. So, all right, cool. Uh, Mark, Sarah, and then David. So uh, Mark has got a great question. Mark's question from Vegas. Ryan, I am having a big debate with our team and I am trying to figure out whether texting is appropriate with clients regardless of their age and regardless is in all capital letters and it's got a line underneath of it. Not sure what that means, Mark, but um, maybe there's been a comment that's been said by somebody in the office about uh, people's ages or whatever the circumstance. So uh, Mark, we've talked about it on the podcast a little bit in the past and had some other experts uh, weigh in. So let me give you my thoughts on this. Regardless of somebody's age, my belief is that if a client asks you to text them, then texting them is completely appropriate. My thought would be that if you have tried every avenue possible to reach a person through normal channels of communication, uh, if you've never met them before, I would still be slightly reluctant to drop them a text, but I probably would because sort of we've got to do what we've got to do. I don't think it has really anything to do with age. What it's got to do with is strategy and, and salesmanship. So let's dig into this a little bit deeper. If you receive a business card from someone, and their cell phone is on the business card, and it is the only number that's listed on the business card, then I think it's it's a-okay to send a text to somebody. Now, what I would do is, let's just say that the person's name is Mike. The text would be, uh, hi, Mike, it's Ryan Dorn from such and such. I would identify immediately uh, who I am. That's if their cell phone is on their card, it's the only number that's listed. Now, if they have a regular number and their cell phone on their card, I would try the main number first, and then I might try reaching out on cell um, to call them, and then I would potentially drop them a text and identify, hey, Mike, I tried to call your landline, wasn't able to get a hold of you, and just thought I would drop you a, a quick text. Now, let's talk about protocols, people that you've never, ever met before, and somehow you randomly come across their cell phone number. I probably wouldn't drop them a text. So, you know, Mark, I hope that kind of helps I don't think it's an age thing as much as it is being polite, but recognize, friends, that a lot of people today in today's media environment put their cell phones on their business card. So quite honestly, if they did not want you to have that number, they would not have put it on their business card. So, Mark, and everybody out there in the Ad Sales Nation, 
Um, you know, let's be honest. I mean, texting is becoming a part of our everyday life. It has been for a while. And I just don't think you should isolate people based upon their age, young or old. I think there is some protocols. And then also you might just want to consider this. If you've never met the person before in your entire life, probably sending them a text is odd. But if it's on their business card, if you've met them, if it seems smart, I think you would do that. Just keep in mind that if somebody doesn't respond to a text, that's fairly intimate. If someone doesn't respond to a text, probably you have the wrong person. Or quite honestly, maybe you're barking up the wrong tree. So there you go. Mark, I hope you find that uh, find that helpful. Good question, by the way. All right, Sarah from Minneapolis, St. Paul uh, writes, Hey, Ryan, I've got a pretty significant problem. We are having some bad internal competition. Our boss is constantly putting contests in place and things like that. So everyone is becoming an account hoarder. And they are our competition level is so high that it's causing all kinds of internal morale issues. What should I do? Wow, Sarah, um, great question. Lots of different complexities there. So let's let's talk through this a little bit. And obviously, we haven't had a chance uh, to chat about this, Sarah, in person. Flat out simple fact: contests aren't for everybody. Um, some teams don't respond well to contests. So you might just want to evaluate as an ad director if you're an ad director out there or a sales manager. Uh, take a look at your team and ask them a simple question. What can I do that would motivate you? Is it contests? Is it money? Is it time off? Is it parking spaces? Is it free coffee? You know, what is it that motivates you? And then build your incentive programs um, around that. So um, contesting for me is a good way to try to get uh, teams to get excited uh, about things. But let's talk about the two pieces to this. Contesting In and of itself, there's something wrong with that as long as it's executed correctly. You want to make sure that everybody's clear about the expectations. You want to make sure that it's not uh, forcing and pitting people against each other. And then as an ad director, you also want to be thinking about, hey, what am I doing here? Am I creating individuals or am I creating a team? Because a lot of contests, by nature of the design of the contest, creates individual success and not necessarily team success. So I would be more of a fan of trying to create shared programs where people are actually encouraged to work together towards a common goal. So like, for example, team selling or group selling or better than that, identifying what truly motivates them. Uh, Maybe it's time off. And that is everybody working together towards a collective goal. I I feel like that's better than the individual contest uh, contest piece. Now let's talk about the account hoarding piece. Everybody out there in ad sales land, recognize what I'm saying here. Hoarding accounts is not smart. I know why you think it's smart, but it actually is not smart. What I want to do is I want to be trading accounts with people because I want them to trade with me. And so what I want to do is I want to work using that new business development program we talked about earlier. I want to be able to work accounts effectively if I don't get a response to to try to get a meeting with them. Then I want to trade them with somebody else on the team that doesn't sound like me, doesn't look like me, etc. Let me explain why. Have you ever had the circumstance where you worked an account, someone else took it over, within a couple of days they closed the deal? It happens, right? Well, that's what you want to have happen. Because by nature of just who people are, some men don't buy from men, some men don't buy from women, some women don't buy from women, some women don't buy from men. I mean, every buyer is different. So because of that, I might be calling on somebody and they just don't want to buy from a guy. It's, it's, it's highly possible. Maybe they don't appreciate my charisma or whatever the circumstance is. 
I want to work that account effectively and ethically, be persistent, do it a great job. If they don't respond, I want to trade them with someone to someone on my, my uh, team that doesn't sound like me, that maybe has a different approach. And what I'm hoping is they will be able to get through. In, in retro, not in retrospect, in, um, uh, in agreement with that person on my team, I want them to give me accounts as well, and I want the same thing to have happen. A lot of you are fearful that someone, you'll give them an account and they'll close the deal, bam, just like that, bam. It's going to happen, and that's what you want to have happen. That's why you want to trade accounts. So try to set up programs, all you sales managers out there, in place that actually you know handle these type of things. Okay, so getting back to Sarah's question. You've got some hoarding. Don't do that. Take accounts. Put them in the middle of a table, mix them up, create a draft or whatever, uh, you know, where people draft different accounts and make it kind of like the NFL draft or make it fun, something like that. And encourage trading of accounts. Now, Sarah, to your question, what do you do? What, what I would consider doing is I would get to get some of your colleagues together that maybe believe in the same thing that you believe, that this is not working and come up with a solution. Don't just go to your boss with a problem. Go to your boss with a solution. Hey, Julie, I have talked with so-and-so and so-and-so, and we feel like this is, is not helping us as a team. What it's doing is creating animosity and things like that. We've got a suggestion for you. Would you consider this? So friends and fans out there, just recognize contests can work if they're set up correctly. Incentives can work if they're set up correctly. And, and, and don't allow your reps to hoard accounts. It's not good for them, and it's not good for the total team. So long answer there, Sarah, but hopefully that was helpful. Okay, um, last but definitely not least, David uh, from the UK. Uh, Ryan, I'm dealing with clients in various different time zones. Any tips and advice? Because I just can't stay up 24 hours a day, seven days a week to make my sales goals. Come on, David, why not? You know, <laughs> I understand. So um, we've talked about it a little bit before on the podcast, but I really want you to, to really think about using technology to your advantage. So if you use Gmail, if you use Google Mail, using programs like Boomerang will allow you to delay delivery of your emails and will allow you to remind yourself when or if not somebody responds to those emails. So that's in, in Google Mail. If you're using Outlook, you want to become intimate with delayed delivery. And then you also want to become intimate with plugins like automation that allow you to automate email delivery. Over on Google Mail, if you use an app in Google Mail, you could download it. Like maybe it's like 20 bucks or something called If No Reply. You can actually set up a series of five emails that will automatically go to someone at a specific time. So you can be in the UK. You can set the time zone uh, to for that email to send at a perfect time for someone in the US or in Asia or whatever. And with If No Reply, you can set up a series of emails they will actually, they, they will automatically be sent to that client at a specified time if that client doesn't reply. The moment the client replies, the system stops sending emails. Now, this is different than an email service provider. It's different than that. What this is, is a lot more intimate than that. Now, if you're using Outlook, you can, there's all kinds of plugins. Automation is a plugin. There's a lot of different plugins you can download for Microsoft 365 or whatever that allow you to schedule emails in sequence, to delay delivery of emails, to track when things are open and when they're closing. But for me, I use Google Mail and Boomerang and If No Reply are two of my favorite uh, add-on uh, apps. 
And I think it will be very, very helpful to you. So that for me, managing time zones, quite honestly, David, is really about getting your hands on some really great, uh, great technology. All right, three great questions from Mark, Sarah, and David. And uh, we'll be sending over to you an Ad Sales uh, Nation uh, t-shirt. And David, I'll even send one all the way over to you over there in the UK. Happy to have you uh, wear it loud and proud. And by the way, if you wear your Ad Sales Nation t-shirt at an industry event, a media event, uh, take a picture of it, send it to me, and I'll send you $100 in cold, hard cash for promoting the Ad Sales Nation brand uh, out there all around the world. All right, friends, uh, that's the podcast for this month. I hope you found all this information uh, helpful. Uh, we work hard here at Brainswell Media to put these kind of fantastic uh, things together for you. At least I think they're fantastic. Uh, remember, if ad sales was easy, everybody would be doing it, and they're not. Uh, so that means we're either crazy or we found a career that will potentially feed our families for a lifetime. Hey, I'd love to come train your team. It's really not as expensive as you might think. Uh, what I do is I come on site and I train your team for a couple days, and then we do monthly follow-ups and coaching, sales assessments, all kinds of other analytics, revenue strategy uh, to help you be the best you can be. Just keep in mind, if you're thinking about using me, I usually book up a couple months in advance. So plan a little ahead, reach out to me, love to get on the phone and figure out ways that we can work together. If you're looking for more online training, go over to 360adsales.com, 360adsales.com is where you'll find online training, the blog, the podcast here, and, and so much more. All right, friends, take it easy, and God bless you all. We'll see you out on the street. Get out there and sell something, would you, so that your boss can hire me. <laughs> if you like this podcast, another great one is coming up next. We've got about 15 or 20 of them in a row here for you. So whether you're working out or driving in the car or whatever you're doing, we hope that the Ad Sales Nation podcast will be beneficial. Remember, my goal is very simple. Uh, I just want to take you to places or help take you to places in your sales life that you never thought possible. The Ad Sales Nation podcast with Ryan Dorn is brought to you in part by Digital Agency January Spring. If you want to offer your advertisers expanded digital services like social media management, digital display, or search engine marketing, turn to January Spring. They do all the heavy lifting and you could reap the profit. You can find out more at JanuarySpring.com. That's JanuarySpring.com. The official CRM tool of Brainswell Media and Ad Sales Nation podcast is the magazine manager and the newspaper manager. This publishing CRM offers sales, billing, production, and marketing in one integrated package. Learn more online at MagazineManager.com or NewspaperManager.com. Open Look Business Solutions, offering media companies outsourcing solutions to reduce expenses in data collection, audits, sales, telemarketing, ad layout, and so much more. Find out more online at open-look.com. That's open-look.com. All right, friends, I am Ryan Dorn, and that is the Ad Sales Nation podcast for this month. More great information straight ahead, so stick around and stay close for that. All right, we'll see you next time.